You're listening to The Diplomats Podcast on Asian geopolitics. As always, I'm your host, Ankit Panda from New York City. And I'm your co-host, Prashant Parmeswaran from Washington, D.C. How are you doing today, Prashant? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. It's good to be back with you today. And um, for our listeners, on this episode, we are uh, treating something that we've had some listener requests on, which is the foreign policy of Malaysia. Now, Malaysia comes up now and then in our podcast, uh, specifically in the context of Southeast Asia, in the context of ASEAN, but we really wanted to dig in a bit into Malaysia's role as an actor uh, in Asia, across its region, but also globally, uh, and just take a broad look at Malaysia's foreign policy and its role in Asian geopolitics. And, um, you know, Malaysia is... um, is a country that tends to punch above its weight in some ways. It, it, it finds relevance on issues ranging from, obviously, North Korea to the South China Sea. Um, and we do have a great peg for this podcast, Prashant, which was um, Prime Minister um, Najib Razak's recent visit to Washington, where he met with U.S. President Donald Trump. And um, as I understand it, you, were, um, you got to participate in uh, some of the associated press events with that visit. Is that right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, you're you're our Southeast Asia guy. So I was also hoping that, you know, you can uh, provide some context on this. So I guess, you know, let's start with this um, visit. And I guess we'll, uh, you know, zoom out from there and just talk a bit about um, all of the other issues that concern Malaysia's foreign policy. But, you know, what was really on the agenda when, when Najib was here? Yeah. So I, th- I think the general frame that you provided about Malaysia within the broader uh, regional and global context is the right one, which is, you know, Malaysia has always been able to frame itself as a country that's critical in resolving some of these big challenges, whether it's uh, South China Sea or, or even more recently the North Korea issue, um, or even just as a country that's critical in terms of the U.S. engagement with other powers like China. Um, so that continues to be the case. I think with this visit um, in particular, even though we're going to mostly focus on geopolitics, some of the focus was on domestic politics in Malaysia as well with the upcoming general election there, as well as the ongoing high-profile corruption scandal against uh, Prime Minister Najib, um, which you know there is an investigation of the Department of Justice. So that very much hung over the entire trip. But in terms of the summit itself and U.S.-Malaysia relations, I think you know, the big uh, picture for the relationship was, you know, first of all, mending economic ties. Malaysia was included in the so-called Trump trade hit list uh, earlier this year. Um, and I think both countries and both sides were trying to get forward on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then also building the foundation of security ties. So what more can the United States and Malaysia do on some of these critical issues, whether it's terrorism in the Islamic State or the South China Sea? And I think the, the key issue there is there's a lot of congruence when you speak about these issues in general. Um, But I think some of this talk also masks a lot of the challenges that remain. And I think, you know, that's something that you and I can talk about more on on, on this podcast as well from a regional perspective, whether it's, you know, South China Sea or or North Korea, because the fact is um, on the South China Sea, Malaysia hasn't really played the out in front role um, that a country like uh, Vietnam has played uh, for various reasons. And even on North Korea, you know, even though Malaysia has been trying to curb some of its ties uh, with North Korea of late, President Trump was very keen to play that up uh, in the uh, bilateral summit meeting with Prime Minister Najib. Uh, the fact is there are there are some differences in views between, you know, not just Malaysia and the United States, but several Southeast Asian countries in the United States as uh, regards to how they pursue that question. So I think that 
regional question was kind of hanging mm -hmm. over the entire summit as well. Yeah, uh, so I want to come back to a bunch of stuff that you just mentioned. Um, but first, you know, um, just I guess on the broader picture of geopolitics, right? Uh, oftentimes when we talk about kind of smaller um, kind of regional powers, uh, regional states in Southeast Asia, South Asia, we talk about kind of, you know, how they are being pulled between these two poles between Beijing and Washington. Um, and I think Malaysia is a particularly interesting case here. Um, and, you know, we've seen kind of different moves to that effect in, in Malaysian foreign policy in recent years. So, you know, what's your sense of, um, obviously, we just talked about the U.S. visit, but what's your sense about how Malaysia has been balancing its relationship with China? Obviously, it's a claimant state in the South China Sea. It's a member of ASEAN. Um, it's played a role in recent ASEAN diplomacy and ASEAN statements on the South China Sea as well behind the scenes, as we've talked about on the podcast before. But do you want to tell us a bit about how um, Kuala Lumpur sees itself kind of navigating that, that uh, you know, that dynamic that is on the mind of kind of many Asian states at size? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's uh, very much a question for, you know, not just for, for both of us talking here, but also for US policymakers as well. I think the big concern there is, even though uh, Malaysia and other Southeast Asian states regularly try to balance between these various powers, you know, not just the United States and China, but also, as we've talked about in this podcast, you know, India, Japan, South Korea, the broader regional context, I think the big worry is that you know, to what extent is uh, Prime Minister Najib's domestic troubles, as well as, you know, Malaysian domestic politics, affecting the degree to which Malaysia can actually balance these various powers? I think mm -hmm. there were some concerns about economic deals that uh, Najib has struck with the Chinese. There's been some issues regarding, you know, worries or concerns about how Malaysia is improving its defense links uh, with China, you know, pro uh, providing more access to ports and the like. I think you know, Malaysian policymakers would respond by saying, you know, this is just a routine engagement that they're doing with the Chinese. The pace of cooperation is not nearly as sophisticated in any way as it is with the United States. But the fact is, um, you know, it's a very uncertain position that Malaysia is in. And, and it's the, the sort of dilemma that we've been discussing before, which is, as you become economically closer to China, how does that affect your strategic ties more generally? Absolutely. Um, I, I also remembered, you know, just for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with kind of Najib's corruption troubles, do you want to just do a really quick kind of lowdown of what the 1MDB scandal is? And sure. Yeah. So we, just, just sort of for general context. So this is a sort of high profile corruption scandal that's involved the Malaysian prime minister that really has been, uh, we've been going through iterations of it for now over two or three years, um, reports have been coming out um, and investigations are in place in several countries, not just the United States. Um, and the Department of Justice investigation is still ongoing. Uh, a few weeks before Prime Minister Najib uh, visited uh, the United States, there were reports about um, that uh, witnesses that were uh, supposed to be involved in the DOJ investigation were afraid to talk to investigators. So that definitely uh, was something that was a focus in the visit ahead of that. I think also the 1MDB scandal domestically uh, in Malaysia has become a rallying cry for opponents of Najib as well as the, uh, the Malaysian ruling part party UMNO mm -hmm. uh, ahead of the general elections that are coming up. So that's sort of the broad frame. I think the, the one thing for listeners to keep in mind is that, you know, the reason why you should care about this issue is that, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, the 1MDB scandal and the domestic politics in Malaysia and how it affects uh, Najib has actually 
uh, at least according to some interpretations, affected how uh, Malaysia has balanced various considerations geopolitically as well. So you can't separate out domestic politics from foreign policy in that respect. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, that was a that was a really helpful summary. I just wanted to make sure that our listeners had that context since it's pretty mm-hmm. important to contemporary Malaysian foreign policy, as you just noted. Um, I want to move on to the issue of North Korea, which is obviously a podcast favorite for us. Um, so earlier this year, um, we saw North Korea deploy weapons of mass destruction at Kuala Lumpur International Airport to assassinate Kim Jong-un's half-brother, Kim Jong-nam. They used the VX nerve agent. And um, needlessly say, that led to a major bilateral diplomatic incident between KL and Pyongyang, um, leading to North Korea for um, a few days uh, holding North Korean, um, holding Malaysians in North Korea effectively hostage in the country, not allowing them to uh, leave the country for a bit. Um, and, you know, the Trump administration, as we've talked about, has been um, kind of, you know, any anytime any foreign leader dignitary comes to Washington, Inevitably, the administration pressures them on the North Korean issue with the, with the Malaysians. I think this has been um, obviously influenced by the events we saw earlier this year in February, uh, which we've talked about previously on this podcast. Um, so what currently is kind of Malaysia's role uh, on the, you know, with North Korea bilaterally, but also kind of influencing the regional kind of ASEAN conversation on, on North Korea as well, where there's been some inter- from interesting uh, movement as well in recent weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is very much a case of um, a, a glass half full in terms of where the U.S. and Malaysia are in, uh, in terms of actual cooperation. I think on the one hand, you definitely have seen in response to that incident, uh, Malaysia get quite tough with the North Koreans. I mean, the, the, the links between Malaysia and North Korea are often a little bit exaggerated. The, the, the ties between the two countries were already pretty strained uh, ahead of time. There are some uh, economic ties, some diplomatic ties, um, but Malaysia has been, uh, you know, trying to curb some of these ties on the one hand. But on the other hand, I mean, the the Malaysian policymakers, I think, are very wary of um, some of the more forward-leaning uh, measures that have been suggested by the Trump administration. I recall, you know, uh, not just Malaysia, but Southeast Asian officials in general uh, being you know, a little bit concerned that the Trump administration was still pushing this line that they wanted uh, North Korea to be expelled out of the ASEAN Regional Forum and some other instances of diplomatic isolation. And I think, you know, Malaysia and some other of these ASEAN states are very cautious about, um, you know, it's one thing to punish North Korea for behavior that violates international law, but I think they're wary of pushing North Korea into a corner such that it has no choice but to overreact and strike back. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there's concerns on that score. And then I think separate from the North Korea conversation, there, there is this interesting dynamic that we're seeing, not just in Malaysia, but other countries as well in the region, where they're not sure about the extent to which the Trump administration and the degree to which it's relying on China on the North Korea threat affects how the Trump administration deals with other issues that relate to China, such as the South China Sea. And I think unless you see a resolution on that front, it's very difficult for these countries to properly assess where Washington is on that. All right. So uh, that's a great segue into the South China Sea issue. Um, so Malaysia is one of the Southeast Asian claimant states. Um, it Its exclusive economic zone um, definitely overlaps with what China claims as its exclusive um, under the nine dash line. Um, but it also conflicts with claims from other countries. Um, so, you know, how has Malaysia been playing its cards on the South China Sea recently? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've previously written about Malaysia's approach on the South China Sea as being sort of a playing it safe approach, mm-hmm. uh, 
which is sort of trying to preserve its interests, which are quite significant, not just strategically, but also economically. I mean, a lot of Malaysian uh, natural resources from oil and gas come directly from uh, the South China Sea. So preserving its claims is pretty important. Um, and it does that through a variety of ways. Um, it builds relationships with the United States, Japan, and other countries to get you know, maritime security assistance. It tries to build up its military. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Malaysia has been very wary of um, antagonizing China too much on the South China Sea question. Um, and so there, there really is a fine line there. And I, I, I think you know, there, there is a sense now that as Malaysia is getting economically closer to China, uh, especially domestically in Malaysia, uh, some of the opponents of the government, uh, including the opposition, have suggested that Malaysia has been reluctant to take a tougher stance on the Chinese because of these, this high economic involvement. So again, we see this tension between you know, closer economic ties, but how do you preserve your strategic and security interests when you have that relationship with the Chinese? Absolutely. Certainly a dilemma for Malaysia in the in the South China Sea context. Um, as a as a closing note, um, I do want to discuss, uh, you know, terrorism in Southeast Asia, where um, Malaysia is definitely concerned, as we both um, heard from the Malaysian defense minister at the Shangri-La dialogue um, in the in the summer, early in the summer. Um, so Malaysia is, uh, you know, one of the three countries participating in um, the trilateral Sulawesi patrols. Um, against uh, various kind of jihadist groups in the region, the Abu Sayyaf um, and related fighters. Um, Malaysian fighters were um, among the foreign fighters who were detected in uh, Marawi City in the Philippines. And obviously, um, you know, this is turning into more of an issue for Malaysia, as we've discussed previously on the podcast, um, as ISIS's um, headquarters in the Middle East and Syria and Iraq start to come under siege and start to fall. There is obviously the looming threat of um, returning fighters um, lashing out in Southeast Asia, and Malaysia is certainly included among that. Uh, so uh, so what are the moves right now um, from Malaysia on this issue of kind of um, global terrorism and uh, regional terrorism in Southeast Asia? Yeah, I think, um, you know, on the one hand, Malaysia plays a, a crucial role uh, in terms of addressing terrorism regionally, not just in terms of a bilateral issue between U.S. and Malaysia. This was true, um, you know, going back to the Bush administration after the global war on terrorism. Um, and it's certainly true now uh, with, with the Islamic State. And I think, you know, Najib, when he came uh, and, and uh, spoke with Trump at the meeting, you know, terrorism was very much uh, at the forefront. Um, and Malaysia has played a role, particularly ideologically, uh, in terms of curbing some of the radicalization that's going as, as sort of a, a moderate Muslim voice uh, in Southeast Asia. But also, you know, there, there's all sorts of uh, security cooperation going on between U.S. and Malaysia, whether it's uh, cooperation on uh, sharing of intelligence information, uh, database information gathering, social media monitoring, and, and the like. But I think on the other hand, I mean, this is something that uh, I flagged before as well, you know, Malaysia is very cautious about, you know, just as we saw under the Bush administration, what would happen if the Trump administration gets more uh, deeply involved in the Middle East? I mean, the, the U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East has traditionally been uh, a, a sticking point in U.S.-Malaysia relations, particularly because Malaysia and the United States disagree on the Israel-Palestinian issue, but also, you know, other uh, differences in posture with respect to Iran and the like. So there's always a possibility that 
this terrorism issue, as much as it is an issue for cooperation, might actually become an issue that flares up uh, between the two sides moving forward as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, one final point I guess I should bring up, um, you know, we discussed on our latest podcast, uh, the most recent episode, we talked about the Rohingya issue. Mm -hmm. And Malaysia has actually been a a fairly audible voice on this, uh, specifically Najib. And, you know, we talked a bit about the domestic political considerations um, with that rhetoric as well. But do you see Malaysia kind of becoming more of a player on this issue in um, within Southeast Asia? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Malaysia will will continue the, to play the role that that it has played, which is um, you know using forums like um, you know the UN General Assembly that's that's uh, taking place in in New York, the Organization of Islamic Conference (OIC), these forums to sort of spread the word on the Rohingya issue, and and there there have been efforts by Malaysia to like you know there, there was the summoning of the uh, Myanmar ambassador to Malaysia recently after uh, the Rohingya atrocity that that we're witnessing. Um, but I, I also think there's limits to the extent that Malaysia can go. I mean, a lot of this is, you know, Malaysia does want to play a role, but a lot of this is domestic uh, politics mm-hmm. as well. Um, and Malaysia also doesn't want to undermine its relationship with with Myanmar more generally. Um, it's, it's a fellow ASEAN member. Malaysia still has trade and investment ties with Myanmar. So it, it really is a careful balance uh, that Malaysia will have to walk. So I don't see it departing from that, you know, careful balance. All right. So I guess to wrap up the podcast, I guess the two big takeaways are a lot of careful balance in Malaysia's foreign mm-hmm. policy. And when it comes to some issues like the South China Sea, it tends to play it safe. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I would recommend that listeners also tune into our previous podcast on on the Rohingya as well. I mean, it, it's a lot very relevant, particularly with Aung San Suu Kyi's speech and, and the ongoing situation that seems to be getting worse by the day. So Absolutely. And um, and we'll return to that. Actually, there's an interesting report out of India, too, today on um, yep. a, a supposed um, Al-Qaeda recruiter, recruiter being caught who's planning uh-huh. to apparently recruit Rohingya. We'll, uh, we'll take a closer look at that issue, certainly, which is, it's, uh, it's definitely turning into one of the hot button issues right now in uh, South and Southeast Asia. Um, well, Prashant, thanks a lot for joining me today and kind of walking us through um, Malaysian foreign policy. So I hope our yeah. listeners who requested it um, got their money's worth. <laughs> Good to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, take care. And uh, for our listeners, please do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you have been a subscriber for a while, but you haven't left us a review on iTunes, please do that. It really helps get the word out about the show and helps us gain a broader listenership. And as usual, as I mentioned, we did this podcast uh, based on some listener interest. So if you are interested in hearing something on the show that you haven't heard yet, please um, do drop us a note, um, either Twitter or email. Um, Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll be back soon with more.